Hello and welcome to Fresh Inspiration with Fola Kamolafe. We've been talking about God's favor and the fact that favor always shows up. And we've looked at Noah and now we're going to look at another crisis or another situation in which we see the favor of God showing up for man. And the reason we're looking at this different situation is because you may be in one of those situations or you may know somebody in one of those situations or some of those situations actually are just happening around us because of the world that we live in today. So when we looked at the last one with Noah, we were looking at how God always shows up with his favor in a world crisis. Today, we're going to look at how God always shows up with his favor in famine, where famine is defined as economic scarcity, shortage, or lack. So when you look around and there's a scarcity, when you look around and there's a shortage, when you look around and it seems like there's a lack, you know, so there's not enough to go around or there's not enough in your bank account or there's not enough in the economy, you know, God's favor will show up in those situations and God's favor will do something for you because like we said before, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But I'm going to start again by defining God's favor. So God's favor is his overwhelming, this rush kindness is overwhelming goodness in your life. Transcending everything that is known, that is natural or that is normal in this world for your constant good because he loves you. Is that rush? That's how we saw it. That rush of his overwhelming goodness and kindness in your life just because he loves you. So as we think about this goodness and kindness, which is the favor of God, what does it actually produce? It's not just meant for you and I to feel good. Oh, I feel good because God loves me. I feel good because... No, it's actually meant to manifest itself, show itself up in your life such that other people start to envy you. And we will see that that is exactly what happened. So let's look at Genesis chapter 11 and Genesis chapter 12 as we talk about favor in economic shortage, scarcity, or lack, which is what a farming is. So we read about Abraham. But before we start with Abraham in Genesis 12, I just want to go back to Genesis 11, chapter 31 to 32. Because when you look at Genesis 11, verses 31 to 32, it talks about Terah. Terah, who was Abraham's father. And it says, Terah took Abraham, his son. He took Lot, his grandson. He took Sarah, his daughter-in-law. He took, you know, all of them. And they were going from a place called Ur of the Chaldees into the land of Canaan. Now, as you read through the book of Genesis, you will see that Canaan was the promised land that God promised to the Israelite, to Abraham and his descendants. 
And before he even made that promise, he was working with Terah, his father. And Terah was on his way to Canaan, which was the land that God was leading them to. But it says that when Terah came to a place called Haran, they settled there. They settled there and Terah lived there for 205 years and then died in this place called Haran. Now, as I tend to visualize this, you're going to Canaan. He knew where he was trying to get to. But along the way, he settles in Haran until he dies there. Now, I believe that God was leading them on. I'm not sure whether they should have settled there or continued, but he settles there. And now he dies. And then when you get to Genesis chapter 12, the Bible says that the Lord speaks to Abraham in Haran where he was. And he says, go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country, your relatives and your father's house to a land that I will show you. And as you see that, you'll see that God is talking still about this land called Canaan. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us later on when you get to verse 5 of Genesis chapter 12, that Abraham went forth to go to the land of Canaan and when they came to the land of Canaan. So that was the destination. That was the destination for his father, but his father didn't get there. But Abraham got to the destination. Now, I want to believe that whatever the destination is that God has for you and my life, you and I will get there. We will not settle before we get there. We will not settle in a foreign land. We will get and we will finish and we will complete the journey that God has predestined for each one of us. And our children will complete their journey. It's like we will pass on that baton to them, but we will complete ours. And then the baton gets passed on to the next generation. And they likewise will complete theirs in the mighty name of Jesus. So let's come back to favor in the midst of scarcity. So God has just spoken to Abraham and told him to continue this journey to this land that he will show you. And then we get to verse 2. And the Lord says to Abraham, and I, the Lord, this is the Lord speaking, and I, the Lord, will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. And I will make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing, dispensing good, or oh my goodness, to others, so I will show you abundant increase of my overwhelming goodness and kindness. I will make your name famous, you will be distinguished, but you will also dispense this same goodness and kindness to others. You know, God favors us so much. Why? Yes, for us, but also so that we can give it also, we can extend his goodness and his kindness to other people. Because in extending that, guess what we're doing? We're reproducing the knowledge of God. We're reproducing the favor of God. We're reproducing the goodness and the kindness of God across this whole 
earth. And that is something he wants us to do. So he says to Abraham, I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. And then as we read through, we see that Abraham then gets to Egypt. So when you get to verse 10 of chapter 12, it says, Now there was a famine in the land. And Abraham went down into Egypt to live temporarily, for the famine in the land was oppressive. That means that the famine, the scarcity was intense. It was grievous. It was so much. There was just so much lack. There was just so much that they didn't have anything. You know, there was just so much insufficiency. There was just so much lack and not enough. It was intense. He says it was oppressive. And I know in some places of this world, when you look, you see that the famine and the land in that land can be quite oppressive. You know, I do a lot of work in the development work. International development is my background. And I, and I know places in the world where there's intense famine that it is oppressive. It is grievous. And the Bible says that this famine was like that. It was intense. It was grievous. It was oppressive. And Abraham went down to live in Egypt. And when Abraham got to Egypt, you know, he said to Sarah, his wife. Now, God did not say this. Abraham was the one that said this. He said to Sarah, his wife, I know you are beautiful to behold. You know, so when the Egyptians see you and they see that you're my wife, they may want to kill me. But they will let you live. So I beg you tell them that you are my sister. So that it may go well with me for your sake. And my life will be spared because of you. So Abraham was going to do this in Egypt. He wanted his life to be spared. And he knew the culture. He knew the systems. He knew the traditions in those days. You know, he was very aware of it. And I'm not in any way saying that we should lie because God does not want us to lie, you know. But there, this is what Abraham did. It says, Abraham said, not God, Abraham did this. But the beauty of the favor of God, God had already said to Abraham, I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. The beauty of the favor of God is that even in that circumstance God used that situation to bless Abraham in the midst of that famine that was oppressive that was grievous that was intense where there was scarcity there was lack and there was shortage because what then happened is you get to verse 16 and it talks about how Pharaoh the king of Egypt so Abraham had the king's attention, the highest authority in the land. That is favor. Favor will position you before kings. He will position you in the top places of the land. It says Pharaoh treated Abraham well for her sake. And what happened next? In the midst of all this scarcity that's going on, Abraham acquired sheep. 
he acquired oxen, he acquired he donkeys, he acquired men servants, he acquired maid servants, he acquired she donkeys, he acquired camels. Abraham became extremely wealthy, acquiring so much in spite of the scarcity that was around him. God used that situation. God will use your situation because favor is already on your life. God will use the situation you are now to curse, cause people around you, to cause kings, men to favor you because his favor is on you. But not only did God do that, God also protected Sarai. He protected her from harm. He protected her from Pharaoh. He protected her from the household. And eventually they handed him back his wife. And Abraham went away with Sarai completely protected, not defiled by any man or anyone in that palace. But he also went away with enormous plenty because of the favor of God. This is the power of God's overwhelming goodness and kindness in your life. This is what it does. It's beyond anything known, natural or normal. Because he lying under normal circumstances, you would have expected Sarai to have slept with this one or that one. Or even for, the, for Pharaoh to have been so upset with Abraham that he could have give, got him imprisoned or killed. But no, favor transcends what is known, what is normal, what is natural. Because God wants to show you constant good because he loves you. God's favor made abundant provision for Abraham whilst at the same time protecting Sarai, his wife. And you see, it doesn't even stop with Abraham because if you go to Genesis chapter 26, we read the same thing about Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham. And here again, we read about another economic scarcity and farming that was going on in the land. So when you read Genesis 26 and verse 1, it says, There was a famine. That's an, an oppressive scarcity intense. There was an oppressive scarcity in the land. There was a famine in the land. And it says, other than the former farming that was in the days of Abraham. So this is not that farming we've just read about. This is another farming. Because now Isaac is in a place called Gerah. Isaac is in a place called Gerah. And the Lord now starts to give very specific instructions to Isaac. And remember we talked earlier on about how important it is when we are experiencing the favor of God to also hear God and follow his instructions so that that favor can fully be expressed in every way in our life. So now God gives instructions to Isaac almost so that he doesn't do the same thing as his father did because favor is not a formula. It's not a formula. It's not... Oh, you do one, two, and then you get three. So the first thing God says to Isaac is, don't go down to Egypt. Where did Abraham go when there was a famine? He went down to Egypt. 
So Isaac could easily have thought, well, my father went to Egypt during the famine. So I'm going to go down to Egypt for the first thing God says. Because favor is not a formula. It's do not go down to Egypt, but live in this land of which I tell you. And he goes on in verse 3 to say, dwell temporarily in this land. And I, the Lord, will be with you and I will favor you with blessings. I will favor you with blessings. For to you and to your descendants, I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath or the promise which I swore to your father, Abraham. Now covenant is starting to come in here. Covenant to descendants upon descendants upon descendants. But the point here I want to make first of all is that God gave Isaac specific instructions. And I want to say to you that the way the favor of God, the way we get to see God's favor every day is when we follow him, when we obey him, when we do the things that he asks us to do, no matter how contrary no matter our experience or the experience of our fathers or the experience of those around us, we choose to ask our Heavenly Father and then He speaks to our heart by His Spirit and we follow that. So He gave those instructions. So even though, as we go on to read later, Isaac had the same experience because when you go, to verse 6, he says, so Isaac stayed in Gerah, almost implying that if God hadn't told him not to go to Egypt, his first thought was, I'm going to Egypt. That's what my dad did. So I'm going to do the same. But he says here that God told him not to. And so he stayed in Gerah. And a similar situation, because the men of the place asked him about his wife. They had beautiful wives. Abraham had a beautiful wife in Sarah. Isaac had a beautiful wife in Rebekah. You and I are beautiful in the Lord. So he says the man asked him about his wife and he said, she's my sister. He was afraid to say she's my wife, thinking that they would kill him for Rebekah because she's attractive and beautiful to look upon. Similar situation. Similar situation, different place, different people, different instructions. So he stayed there for a long time. And one day the king, so Pharaoh gets the attention of kings. He got the attention of Pharaoh. Pharaoh gets the attention of the highest people in the land. The Lord will set you before kings. The Lord will set you before decision makers. The Lord will set you before very important people, wherever you are. Because favor, the favor of God that is on your life. God said to Isaac, I will favor you with blessings. And he says the same thing to you. And he brings you before kings. Because this king, one day then sees Isaac and Rebekah sort of caressing one another. And the king says, well, I thought you said she's, my, she's your sister. What if somebody had lain with your wife? You would have brought so much guilt and sin upon us. So once again, we see God protecting Rebecca. 
God protecting Rebecca because of favor. You know, but the difference here is that the scripture then goes to verse 12. Now we saw how Abraham received so much blessings from Pharaoh. Goats and donkeys and all of that. He became incredibly wealthy. Now Isaac, it says in verse 12, that in that land, Gera, in that land where there was intense scarcity and where everything was not really going well, in that land where there was shortage and lack, it says, in that same land, this Isaac, whom the Lord had said that I will be with you and favor you with blessings, this Isaac sowed seed. So he was farming. He sowed seed in that land and received in the same year, not 20 times, not 30 fold, not 60 fold, but 100 times as much as he has planted. And the Lord favored him with blessings. He sowed in the same land. And he goes on to say in verse 13, that the man Isaac became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. He owned flocks and herds and a great supply of servants. Here it is. And the Philistines envied him. There must be a reason why they envied him. They envied him because they saw how the favor of the Lord blessed him. In a land where they were experiencing scarcity and lack and famine. In that same land, Isaac was having a completely different experience. He was getting a hundred times return on his seed sown. He was getting flocks and herds and servants. He was becoming very wealthy and very distinguished. This Isaac that came to Gera is definitely a different Isaac that I see now. Why? Because God said to him, I will favor you with blessings. And the scripture here says he became wealthy and he was distinguished. God's favor will always distinguish you. God's favor will make you wealthy where there is lack and there is scarcity and there is famine. As we look at our nations around us today and we see that they may not be enough. There's news of inflationary pressures and all those kind of things, cost of living, all things happening. That is not for you because God has favored you with blessings. So you need to be declaring that I saw in this land and I reap a hundred times every year what I saw. Your sowing may not be a seed, but you're sowing something. You may be sowing financially into the kingdom of God. Your sowing could be the work that you do. You may be working at a trade. You may be in business. You may be doing something. You're whatever your hands finds to do, the scripture says will prosper. Be declaring it because you are different. You are favored. You are favored and you are distinguished by God. So declare it. Expect to be wealthy. And remember when we started, it says, when you've received all this goodness, it's so that you also can show that same goodness to other people. So I want you to know that in the midst of famine, in the midst of scarcity and lack, God's favor 
will make you wealthy. It will distinguish you. The world will envy you. Why? And they will ask you, what is your secret? And your answer is, the favor of God. I am favored with blessings. God bless you. Thank you.